My name is Trillo Maddie. I am a plus 10 T-Rex member, and my favorite dinosaur is Archaeopteryx. Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, well. Hello to all of my future paleontologists. It's getting closer to Christmas. We're only about, well, what's today? I think today is Wednesday, right? Is today Wednesday? I think it is. And that means Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, three more days. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to my podcast. As always, we always start with some good positive news, and there's always positive news, but this news has me incredibly excited. I am so, so thrilled about this. It's amazing. If you heard me a couple of podcasts ago, I said that my goal, my hope, was that we would finally reach 200,000 listeners by the end of December, by the end of December. I wanted to finish off the the year with at least 200,000 downloads. Guess where we are today? And we still have a week and a half of December left. As of a few minutes ago, they handed me the report. We are at 207,626 downloads. That's right, my friends. We didn't just reach 200,000. We smashed 200,000. So 207,626 downloads. That's because of all of you. It's because you shared with your friends. You talked about it at school. You told your friends. Your parents were nice enough to share it. All of you are the reason why this is a success. I'm very thrilled. And get this. We now are listened in 120 countries, 100 and different, 120 different countries all over the world. We have listeners in 120 countries, and that means there are 7,225 cities where we have listeners. So I am thrilled, thrilled with this, and it's all because of you. So thank you all so very much for helping me reach that goal I am so happy, and uh, I just can't thank you all enough. You know, maybe we should, like, dance around for a minute. Maybe we should dance. Okay, I want you all to know I was just dancing around this this uh, studio. So if, you, if, if, somebody, if somebody happened to walk by and look in, they would think, that guy is crazy. What is he doing dancing around? Well, I just did a victory dance for having the broke the goal of 200,000. <laughs> Couple of shout outs to do. Number one, um, out at Trader's Village in San Antonio, Texas, I own a gift shop and a museum. And
And I always have so many young people come out there and visit me. Well, Eli, who's a Patreon club member, came by to say hello. It was nice seeing Eli. Lucas and his little brother, Benjamin, who also members of the uh, Patreon club, came out to say hi. It was nice seeing you guys. Taryn from Del Rio. Now, Del Rio is a long way away from San Antonio, so that was a long drive. And Taryn is one of the students that I used to see during the summer when I did a whole bunch of virtual lessons for the Whitehead Museum, which is located out in in Del Rio. The folks at the Whitehead Museum are very good friends of mine, and uh, they were kind enough to let me do a number of a whole series of talks for them. And Taryn was one of the listeners, and he came out. He and his parents came out to see us at, at Traders Village in Del Rio. So it's nice seeing you, Taryn. And then I did a live uh, show out at the Bandera Natural History Museums in Bandera, Texas. And who happened to be there? Well, first of all, I saw my friend Rody. Rody walked in with a box of Christmas and birthday gifts. It must have taken him four days to wrap all those. And one of them, by the way, he wrapped up in so much paper, it took me almost a day to get that one unwrapped. But I saw Rody and his dad and his stepmom, and it's always great seeing you guys. Rody, it's always good seeing you. Thank you so much for coming out there. Uh, and then Isabel. What can I say about Isabel? Well, Isabel is a T-Rex member of the Patreon Club. Isabel comes out all the time to traders and sees me. In fact, when she comes out, she is one of the ones who works uh, some of our baby dinosaur puppets. Isabel and her mom and grandmother came out and gave me the nicest birthday gifts. So kind. And they made this amazingly cool sign of inflatable balloons that wished me happy birthday. So that was the nicest thing. And of course, Isabel's grandmother uh, made me another sweet treat and I've eaten it all. I got it Saturday and what's today? Today's Wednesday and it was gone. I think, I think a burglar snuck in and stole it. Okay. I ate it. <laughs> and then I saw my friend Warren out at Bandera. Warren is a listener and it's so nice to see you and your family. And I hope you enjoyed the show, Warren. I hope you all enjoyed the show out there. I know I had a great time. Uh, I had a very good time out there. So shout outs to all of you. Uh, once again, thank you all for helping this podcast become very popular. I received a note from some organization. I want to research them and find out who they are. But um, my show made the top five dinosaur shows for young people in the country. So that's pretty exciting news. That's very exciting news. Uh, I'll try to get more information about that, but I just saw that on an email that somebody forwarded to me. And so I'll see, uh, I'll see how that plays out. So you heard at the very beginning, one of my Patreon club members, we, in Patreon, we have three different levels, well, four different levels. We have the Triceratops Club that costs a dollar a month. The, we have the Raptor Club, that's $5 a month. We have the T-Rex Club, which is $10 a month. And then we have something called the Plus 10, or the 10 Plus T-Rex Club. And what that is, is that is for older students. Um, and so you heard one of my Plus 10 members say she wanted to learn about Archaeopteryx. So I think that's a perfectly good feature creature. <laughs> 
It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. All right, this episode's feature creature is Archaeopteryx. This is a very important fossil. Archaeopteryx is a very, very important specimen because it was really scientists' first opportunity to recognize the relationship between birds and meat-eating dinosaurs. Meat-eating dinosaurs are called theropods. Most of you know that. Probably all of you know that. But this discovery of this dinosaur really gave scientists a look at, hey, hey, we might want to rethink this whole dinosaurs or lizards thing. You know, when dinosaurs were first discovered, the earliest paleontologists, not knowing, not seeing all the evidence that they have available today, thought that dinosaurs were just giant lizards. They were oversized lizards. That's why you see a lot of old drawings of them dragging their bellies on the ground or living in swamps or uh, because they thought that dinosaurs were just giant lizards. And that is obviously not true. They are related, but they are nothing, really not a lot like lizards. Their legs are totally different. They don't drag their bellies. They don't drag their tails. And they're much more similar. At least the, the theropods are much more similar to birds. And now, after all of these years of study, paleontologists finally realized, hey, birds are theropods. Birds are dinosaurs. So birds are called avian dinosaurs. All the other ones, the ones that went extinct, those are terrestrial dinosaurs. So there are terrestrial dinosaurs. That's like T-Rex, Spinosaurus, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, Ankylosaurus, Brachiosaurus, Allosaurus. Those are terrestrial dinosaurs. Birds are avian dinosaurs, and they are still alive today. So dinosaurs are alive today. Just the avian dinosaurs, not the terrestrials. So that's why Archaeopteryx is such an important dinosaur, because it really shows the relationship between birds. Now, the name Archaeopteryx is Latin. That's a different language. That's why the name sounds so weird. It means something in English. Archaeopteryx in English means old wing. Old wing. This is not a very big animal. 0.5 meters long. That's about two feet long. It weighed 1,000 grams, or that's like right at about two, maybe two and a half pounds. It's less than some of your house cats. The location it was discovered was in Germany. That's, that's where they find it. It lived during the late Jurassic period, about 150 million years ago. It was a biped, meaning it walked on two legs, and it was a carnivore. On September 30th, 1861, a German paleontologist published a description. He described, remember what describe means in science, That means he wrote a a paper that was written and shown to other paleontologists and approved for accuracy, so it was described, described a fossilized feather that was found in a limestone quarry 
in Solnhofen, Germany. This was the first time a fossilized feather was found. Now, feathers are very rare. Why are feathers rare? For the same reason skin is very rare. Some parts of an animal's body won't fossilize very easily. They decompose too quickly. They rot. They're eaten away by bacteria. They are turned to dust. The bones will last longer, but the feathers and the skin, that's very rare. You don't find a lot of that. The conditions have to be perfect for that to fossilize. Well, it just so happened that Archaeopteryx lived in an area where it looks like there was uh, water that was not part of a river system. It was probably a lake. And there wasn't a lot of oxygen in that water. So, for instance, there may not have been a lot of fish living in there. There may not have been a lot of animals living there. And there probably was not a lot of bacteria living there. Now, there were certainly fish in the Solnhofen uh, uh, lake area, or what, what is Solnhofen, Germany, in this area. But the mud may have been so thick at the bottom of this lake or pond that the bacteria didn't really survive very well there. So when an animal would die and fall into this water and its body would sink, as the body was sinking down under that mud, if there was no bacteria, then the feathers would not be eaten away. So they were, at least the print of the feather would be left in the mud as the mud hardened over millions of years. And became rock. So it was mud before and then it turned to stone. Well, it's actually, it was actually lime. Uh, lime is the tiny little bodies of little sea creatures that when they die, that sinks to the ocean floor and that becomes lime. And this quarry, that's a place where you dig up rock. The people in Solnhofen, Germany, were digging up that limestone because they use it for buildings. And as they were splitting open the rock, they found this feather. So that meant, aha, it was at that time, there probably wasn't as much bacteria. So there probably wasn't anything that bothered the body. And so the print of the feathers was left in the surrounding mud, that ultimate lime that became limestone. So feathers are very rare. They're hard to find. And back in 1861, there was an example of somebody finding one. And when they did, the paleontologist said, Hey man, this is a 150 million year old feather. Birds were around way longer than we think. When I was a kid, we were taught that birds only really showed up at the very end of the age of dinosaurs. That's not true. Well, at least the dinosaurs that look like birds are living way back during the late Jurassic period. Well, later they found another specimen. This one was the entire body. It's, it's almost a perfect skeleton. They found it in 1877. This one was almost perfect. If you've ever seen a picture of the skeleton of Archaeopteryx, it's probably a picture of this one. It is sometimes called the Berlin specimen because it's housed in a, uh, or it's on display at a museum in Berlin, Germany. So that's why they call it the Berlin specimen. If you've ever seen a, if you want to see what I'm talking about, 
go search online for Berlin Specimen Archaeopteryx, and you'll see it, and you'll recognize it, and go, that's in my book. It's probably been in more books and in more shows than any other dinosaur. So that was found in 1877, and that's when they said, okay, look. There were some people that said, well, is that a bird? And others say, no, it's a dinosaur. Well, turns out they were both right. Archaeopteryx is indeed a theropod that has very many qualities of a pre- of a dinosaur. It had claws with uh, their hands had sharp claws. Their feet had massive claws. They had a long tail like a dinosaur. They had teeth like a dinosaur. And yet it was covered in feathers. So the reason why Archaeopteryx is such an important specimen is because it showed a very strong connection between modern birds and terrestrial dinosaurs. And that's why ultimately we now say birds are avian dinosaurs. Now, this little dinosaur may have lived in other areas, but it's found in Germany. And during the time it was alive, Germany was different than it is today. See, where it lived, there was a bunch of little small islands. It wasn't one big landmass like Europe is today. It was made up of a bunch of small islands. And during that time, that area, Germany, was way closer to the equator than it is today. So that means it was very warm and hot there. But as time moved on and ocean levels began to change and land moved, it's, it's Germany is where it is today over in Europe. And Europe is not next to the equator anymore, so the weather is different. So that's where it lived among these these small islands. It probably it probably moved between the islands if it could flap its wings and fly, because there is still some debate that some scientists believe that Archaeopteryx could actually flap its wings and take off flying like a bird. Others feel like maybe it didn't have the right muscles to do that. So maybe it was a glider. Maybe it could crawl up into a tree and jump and glide. That's a good way to travel without using a lot of energy. You can glide a long way. Maybe you can jump and glide and maybe you can flap a little bit. Maybe that makes you go a little further. We're not sure exactly how it moved, but if it had big feathers on its arms then my opinion is it's using them. And big feathers on your arms are used for flying. So I believe Archaeopteryx is a flying dinosaur. That's what I believe. Now, its claws on its hands, not only for gripping and grabbing prey, but they were probably good for climbing. So does that mean then that its claws, it could climb up into a tree and then jump out of the tree and glide? Well, it could also use those same claws to land in a tree that it flies to. But its hands are very mobile, ambidextrous, meaning they could use both the right and the left arm and hand and be able to climb and grasp with them. One thing I want you to remember, this confuses a lot of young, young listeners. Pterosaurs, you might call them pterodactyls. They are not dinosaurs. They are cousins, but they're not dinosaurs. They are flying reptiles. That's a different family. Well, pterosaurs were around before Archaeopteryx. There were flying animals flying around. Archaeopteryx isn't the first. In fact, 
they've since found other flying dinosaurs or feathered dinosaurs that lived before Archaeopteryx. So you have two animals that are not super close related, but are both capable of doing the same thing. That happens all the time in nature. You have animals that develop or change or evolve different things that help them survive. Look at giraffes. Look at Brachiosaurus. Two completely different animals, not related. And yet, they both have very long necks. Why? Because they use them to reach up into the trees. So you don't have to look, just because you look the same doesn't mean you are the same. So pterosaurs are not related to Archaeopteryx very closely. They're not dinosaurs. Pterosaurs are flying reptiles. So what did this little critter eat? I mean, did it fly? Did it glide? We don't know. But what did it eat? Well, it's got a mouthful of very tiny, sharp teeth. Very sharp teeth. And those teeth were very, very good at catching things. It probably ate little fish. Maybe it ate insects. Small reptiles. Little mammals. This animal had big eyes, so I think it had very good eyesight. And so it probably either flew down or jumped from a tree and glided, but it probably attacked its prey from above because it's easier to pounce unsuspectingly. When you're running through the, through the, uh, through the forest trying to catch your prey, it's easier for prey to see you coming. But if you come down from above, that's not as easy to see. And not every animal knows to always be looking up for attackers. They're looking at the ground for attackers. So I think this little dinosaur was a very effective hunter. I think it was a very good hunter. I bet it was a good hunter. Here's the last thing I want to tell you, which I find fascinating. Using modern technology, paleontologists and scientists are able to see the color pigment in fossils. What did I just say? I just said scientists and paleontologists using different technology can tell you what color some dinosaurs were. They can't do it with every dinosaur because just like I told you how the feathers, it has to be a very specific kind of environment that allows feathers to fossilize. Well, the same thing goes with the color pigment. It has to be a very, a, a, a very rare set of circumstances that when using a very powerful microscope or lasers, scientists can figure out what color they were. Want to know what color Archaeopteryx was? Jet black. Archaeopteryx was black. That's a very, very good color. In fact, think of all the different birds that are black in color. There's a lot of birds that are black. Ravens, crows, grackles. My grandfather, all of the, wait, what was that? What did I say? What was the last one I said? Ravens, crows, grackles, my grandfather. Okay. I guess I did make a mistake. I thought I, I thought he said something that didn't make any sense. So my grandfather was covered in black feathers and he could fly. Okay. Now, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I, I got off on the wrong. I'm sorry. I got off on the wrong thing. I better not find out any of you are laughing at this because it was just a mistake, okay? My grandfather's not an Archaeopteryx. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that, my friends, is your feature creature, Archaeopteryx. And I think it's an amazing animal. 
Um, I'd like for you to do more um, studies. If any of you are part of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, I'd love to see if you have an Archaeopteryx toy, you can show me, you can take a picture of your toy. Or if you're an artist and you'd like to draw one, I'd like to see you try to draw an Archaeopteryx, maybe flying down to attack a lizard. That would make a pretty cool picture. So if you're a good artist and you, you'd like to do a project, here is your project. I'd like for you to either post a picture of your toy Archaeopteryx or I'd like for you to, now when I say you, I mean your parents, your parents will post it for you. You should never go and post pictures of anything on anybody's page or site without your parents saying it's okay. So I would love to see a picture, a drawing of an Archaeopteryx swooping down on a lizard. If you want to make it just flying out in the open, it can, or if you want to have it jumping off of a tree, if you think it's a glider, but whatever you want to do, that's your project. And I hope that you will do it. All right. How about we jump right over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group since I mentioned it. And let's see who has left me some cool messages. Charlotte person posted a beautiful, beautiful, <coughs> excuse me, Charlotte Asaurus, you have me so choked up, I'm coughing. A beautiful article written about this new discovery, this new baby dinosaur that was curled up inside the egg and was fossilized. It was the perfect environment. You might say, how come we don't find more of these? Remember what I said about a feather becoming a fossil? Or skin becoming a fossil, it has to be a perfect set of environment for this to happen as well. The perfect curled up skeleton of a baby inside of an egg. So there's a link to it. If you'd like to go there and read about it, it's an amazing thing and I absolutely love it. All right. Uh, says, hi, Dinosaur George. Freddie, who is four, hi, Freddie, is racing a pterodactyl, a velociraptor, a T-Rex, and a Dilophosaurus. He's wondering who you think would win the race. Freddie thinks the pterodactyl because he flies. Thanks for your input. Well, Freddie, I think you're going to be an excellent paleontologist because I agree with you. Now, when the race first starts, Velociraptor is going to get out ahead of everybody. But once the pterodactyl has flapped a couple of times, it's going to pass up that Velociraptor. So I absolutely agree with you, Freddie. Your pterodactyl is going to win that race. That's very, very, I like that very much. Okay, uh, here's one from the Dinga family. Joey got to drive through the dino lights at our local park last night. Merry Christmas to you all. Joey has a present for Dinosaur George. He can't wait to open it. Oh, well, Joey, I hope you like your gift, and I'm sure you're excited to open it. And the that looks beautiful. I like those, those dinosaur lights. It's Christmas lights set up as dinosaurs. That's very exciting. So, Joey, um, that's great. Thank you for posting. You look like you're having a great time, and I hope you like your gift. All right. Dylan wants to, to know what everyone thinks of his drawing. So, Dylan drew an Allosaurus versus a T-Rex. Dylan, I like this a lot. I like the use of your different colors. I like that you made your T-Rex taller than Allosaurus. I like that you made T-Rex's arms short, but Allosaurus is long. Dylan, this is a very, very good drawing. I like this very much, and congratulations. <coughs> Excuse me all for coughing. All right. What is it? Okay, now this is kind of cool. 
this is um, this is Lucasaurus Rex. Now, my birthday was just a few days ago, and Lucasaurus Rex was nice enough to send me a birthday song. So let's see if we can hear you. Hi, Dinosaur George. This is my this is my Scorpius Rex. He's gonna sing Happy Birthday. Happy birthday, thank you, Happy birthday, dear Dinosaur I'm gonna eat you and spit out your armpits. What? And poop out your glasses. What? Okay, first of all, why would your dinosaur, <laughs> why would your dinosaur want to eat me for lunch? And I'm sorry that it pooped out my glasses. <laughs> Lucasaurus Rex, thank you for singing happy birthday to me. That's amazing. And I love, by the way, how when you were singing it, your Indominus was, uh, or Scorpius was snapping his mouth up and down. <laughs> That's very cool. Thank you so much. Okay. Mason created a scene of total carnage with his Christmas present. He wanted his mom to send a picture. Thank you for all the fun learning, Dinosaur George. Mom, thank you for taking the time to take a picture, and thank you for encouraging Mason. Uh, I'm so glad to see that. And, man, carnage is not the word. It looks like a Spinosaurus and a T-Rex. Or that's, I'm sorry, a raptor and a, and uh, is that a T-Rex? Looks like it. They are attacking or having lunch with a Triceratops. Man, this is a great scene. I love it. I love your smile, by the way, Mason. Thank you for posting that. That is so cool. Dylan wants to know if I'm going to do a podcast on Sukumimus. Yes, Dylan, I am. I am. I saw it on my list. I'm trying to get to all of these. But yes, I absolutely am. And thank you so very much for uh, for suggesting it. All right. Our Elf Snowflakes delivered some exciting news to these new T-Rex club members this morning. Whoa, Welcome, my friends, to the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex Club. Glad to have you with us. Reagan wants to know how paleontologists get the bones to stick together. Well, when we find a broken bone, Reagan, we use a very strong glue and we put the bone back together. But when you see a skeleton, those we don't glue each one of those bones together because we don't want them stuck together. Instead, what scientists do is if it's a real skeleton, they make a stand where each bone is kind of supported by metal. You can't see the stands, but it's there. If it's a replica, then they drill holes through each bone and they put a metal rod. So the animal's skeleton is being held up by another skeleton made of metal. So the bones stick together. When we find a bone that's broken in half, we glue it back together with very strong glue. But once we glue all the broken bones, then we put them together in the skeleton. But those are not glued together. They are mounted. And Theo has a who would win for you. Dinosaur George versus Therizinosaurus versus the ground sloth. But Dinosaur George has no weapon or stink bombs. You rotten little kid. You mean you're a brand new T-Rex member and the first thing you do is take away my stink bombs and throw me in with a giant ground sloth and a Therizinosaurus, you little stinker. Of course I'm going to win that fight because I'm going to get on the back of an Archaeopteryx and fly away. What do you think of that? Okay, poor Archaeopteryx. <laughs> All right, here's one from Dylan who is wondering if I knew anything about the dinosaur uh, about this dinosaur, like what kind it is. Thanks for your help and great podcast. He loves it. Great. I'm glad. Dylan, 
looking at that dinosaur, I believe what you have there, since it appears to have two fingers, that might be, that might be Dilong. That's an early ancestor of Tyrannosaurus. Now, Dilong had three fingers, though. Uh, maybe, maybe that. Oh, I tell you who I think it is. I think that dinosaur is Albertosaurus. It's either Allosaurus or I see somebody made a comment that says it's Aleoramus. Aleoramus, I don't know if that's the correct name for that dinosaur anymore. I think <coughs> I think Aleoramus has been changed. But it, it certainly could be the one called Aleoramus. That's a good that's a good guess. That might be it. That might be it. That's very good. Okay, uh Charlotteosaurus had spirit week at school last week and had to dress up something she was passionate about. This is great. Here's a picture of her in all of her dino gear. Dino PJs, dino shirt, dino mask, holding a little dinosaur. Charlotteosaurus, I am so proud of you. And I bet one day you're going to be an amazing paleontologist. I know you're going to be. All right. Here's one. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Ali, and I wanted to show you this megalodon eating a whale. Oh, I like that, buddy. Megalodon was a whale eater. If you haven't heard my Megalodon podcast, you probably did. I really like this a lot, Ollie. This is great. I like that. And that's a big toy Megalodon. I like that very much. That's a cool picture. Very, very cool. All right. Um, Oh, this is so cool. Now, one of my little friends, Lucas. uh, Lucas came out to see me. In fact, I, I gave Lucas and his little brother a shout out. Lucas and I took a picture in front of one of my uh, dinosaur models in front of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That was a great picture. Thank you for coming out to see me out there. And thank you so much, Lucas. That was great. Okay, here is Junior showing his self-painted Stegosaurus to Dinosaur George. Junior, I like this a lot. I like your colors. And most importantly, I really like that you made its spikes brightly colored. I'm very, very proud of you. This is really, really good, Junior. I'm very proud of you. I like the colors you use. I like how you painted the plates, but I really like that you gave bright colors to the tail spikes. I'll bet you you heard my Stegosaurus, either you've heard my Stegosaurus lesson or you heard the podcast, but that is excellent. Very proud of you. Shout out to you, Junior. That's great. Okay, now this was very nice. This came from Miss Navarro, who said, Dinosaur George, I was wondering if you'd consider doing a reading of the Dinosaur Night Before Christmas on a podcast. You know, I really... Wish I would have seen this earlier, uh, Nicole. I really do, because this would be really fun to do. And if my schedule allows, I might try to see if I can run somewhere and find this and maybe try to do it. I, I, that would be amazing. But also, uh, there is a, there, there is something, um, um, about reading it. Now, I can read it as long as I'm not benefiting financially from it. And probably because my cod, my podcast promotes my, my Patreon club and my Patreon club is a way to earn money. I would think as a matter of fact, Mr. Beck made the comment that I would probably have to clear it with the author first. So it's a brilliant idea. And I will do this. I will certainly try to keep this in mind for next year. How cool would it be maybe to ask the author to come on the podcast 
and maybe he and I or she and I could take turns reading it. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be cool if we each took a turn reading a page? That's a brilliant suggestion. I'm so sorry I didn't have time to do it before. Okay, uh, let's see. We've got, uh, okay, now, Kua Anna, Anya, now, is from Maui, and I may not be pronouncing your name properly, and please, for all of you young guys, young people, I always say guys, all you young people, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, and if I mispronounce it, I want you to know, don't be upset, it's just said. I'm I'm not very good at that, but it looks like Kua Anya from Maui wanted to wish me a happy birthday. Now, this was back from December 18th, but I'm just now seeing it, so let's take a listen. Happy birthday, dinosaur. What a nice thing to do. What a what a nice thing to do. Thank you so much, my little friend. I I appreciate that so kind. And uh uh I hope everything, I hope you guys have a Wonderful season in Maui. One of these days I'll come visit. You can walk up and say, here is how you pronounce my name. And I'll never get it wrong again. Thank you, buddy. It's very kind of you. Okay, Lucasaurus Rex drew an Ultra Rex roasting dinosaur George like a marshmallow. Are you rotten little kid? What do you mean roasting me like a marshmallow? You can't roast me like a marshmallow. What kind of a kid draws a picture of an Ultra Rex? Roasting me. Little stinker. I like that picture, by the way. That's very cool. And then, now, when I saw Lucasaurus out at Trader's Village, he told me that he had made a scene on what he called the tundra with all of his dinosaurs, and he posted it, and that that's even better than I imagined. I imagined it was going to be good, but I didn't realize it was going to be that good. That's really cool. I like that a lot. That's really, really cool. Okay, here's one from Mr. Edwards, my son Dylan, or Miss Edwards. My son Dylan would like to know if there was ever a carnivore with no arms. Thank you for the great podcast. Well, you're welcome, and thank you very much, Dylan. Shout out to you. Okay, there are carnivores today with no arms, right? Sharks, snakes. They don't don't have arms, but I'm sure you meant dinosaur, I would imagine. So, right now... I believe there is a dinosaur named Mononychus. Mononychus, I think, only has one little dinky finger. Just a little pointy finger. One claw sticking out. That's as close. Well, well, you could also count Carnotaurus or Abelisaurus because they have tiny, tiny little arms, but they're still there. So to my knowledge, there's not a carnivorous dinosaur that didn't have arms. But there were carnivores that do, like I mentioned, snakes, sharks, uh, jellyfish. Uh, what else? That there are some other ones I'm, th- I'm not thinking about. But those animals do not have arms, so that's very good. Okay, you could say that a shark's fins would be like arms, but they're not because arms are made for grasping. Those fins are made for, for swimming. But that's a great question. Okay, let's see. Uh, here we go. This is great. Uh, this is from Ayanch. Ayanch, hi, DG. I have two questions for you. Will you be doing a podcast on Archaeopteryx anytime soon? No, I'm never going to do an Archaeopteryx ever. I will never do an Arche. Okay, you got me, buddy. Nice suggestion. Perfect timing. 
There you go, buddy. What do you think of that? And then he asked, is a peregrine falcon faster than a pteranodon? Yes. And that's a great question. Yes, it is. A peregrine falcon could fly considerably faster than a pteranodon. Pteranodon is ginormous. My bet, I'll bet you there was no pterosaur that could fly as fast as a peregrine falcon because I don't think their bodies could handle that kind of speed. So the peregrine falcon is better designed for being, think of the peregrine falcon as a fighter, a jet fighter, and pteranodon as being a bomber, a World War II bomber. It's big, but it couldn't possibly. That's a great question. Thank you guys for sending that to me. Thank you, buddy. That's a good question. Okay, here's another picture. This is Elias. Uh, El- I said Elias. Elasaurus Rex. This is great. Uh, who happened, who I happened to see at Trader's Village, which is really cool. And uh, Eli, I saw you and your family, and we took three pictures together. One we took in front of the T-Rex, another one he's paint, pet, petting my baby raptor, and then one where the baby raptor is eating your head. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, look at this. Waylon listens to this podcast every morning before school, and he has been very eager to join the Patreon club. I got him his T-Rex membership for Christmas, and today his T-Rex tooth and velociraptor claw came in the mail. He immediately recognized the Dinosaur George sticker on the back, so he got to open it early. Well, you know, it was supposed to be open Christmas Day, but my little friend, I am so glad that you are a member. I'm so glad, and I'm so glad that you gave your mom three hugs. Um, That is so cool, and what a great picture. I love your Santasaurus shirt. I'm so very glad that you became a member and that that was your Christmas gift or one of your Christmas gifts. So welcome to the club, Waylon. Welcome to the club, my little friend. And Merry Christmas to both of you guys. So thank you so very much for doing that. That's very cool. Okay, this is from Susie Soros. Susie Soros says, happy birthday, Dinosaur George. Hope you had the best day. And then she wrote, El Stinko, a.k.a. Dinosaur George. Now you wait one minute. Missy, Susie Soros, why would you think that I am El Stinko? El Stinko is the greatest superhero that ever lived, but no one knows the identity of El Stinko. But it's not me. So stop spreading rumors, you. I like how that green fumes are coming out from under El Stinko's arms, by the way. Thank you for the birth- birthday greeting, honey. And that's a great picture. But boy, are you wrong. I'm not El Stinko. Nobody knows El Stinko. Nobody does. Because El Stinko is amazing. All right. This is pretty cool. This is my little friend, George Allosaurus, who has got a little guitar. And let's see what he's saying. Well, thank you so much. What a great, what a great video. Thank you, George. That's very, very kind of you. And I did did have a very, very good birthday. Thank you so, so much. That is so cool. Okay, let's see. This is from the Wong family. Uh, Oh, how nice is that? 
Happy, happy, happy birthday to you. Thank you for teaching me so much about dinosaurs. It fills up my days in Laos. Well, my young friend, thank you for taking time to draw such beautiful pictures. These are really, really great. I like these a lot. These are great. And mom or dad, thank you so much for taking the time to post them. Thank you for the greeting. That was very kind of you. Very kind of you. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is from the Chase family. Hi, we were listening to your latest pod, or your, your last podcast, and you mentioned that there was another podcast a few years ago where you mentioned different jobs in the field of paleontology. Is there a list or a link that I can find on that? My son has been super into dinosaurs since he was about four. He's very creative, funny, and charming. Just to list a few of his great traits. Thanks for the information. I've also been a big fan of dinosaurs since I was a little kid. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, there was a, um, I used to have, um, I used to have another podcast for adults. I mean, kids would enjoy it too, but it, it was, it was much higher, uh, information. So, um, I'm going to look and see if I can find it. We don't promote it anymore because I stopped recording those a couple of years ago. And so I know they're still out there. Now that was called the Dinosaur George podcast. The one you're listening to right now is Dinosaur George Kids. But I think if you will do a search of Dinosaur George podcast, I think, let me see. I'm just going to, I'm going to see if I can just Google that. Okay. I see Dinosaur George Kids. Everything is about Dinosaur George Kids. But, um, okay, I did find one of the links to it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, if you go to iHeart, iHeart and search Dinosaur George Podcast, there it is. Yeah, I've got uh, a bunch for any of you that want to listen. This podcast, I spent more time interviewing experts. So I interviewed experts from all over the world. And this one is real. This is a good one for any of you that like it. And you will find that podcast you're talking to on that list. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is great. Hello. My name is Zer. I think it's pronounced Zer. I believe it is. It's T-Z-U-R. I think it's Zer, right? Or maybe it's Tur and you don't pronounce the Z. Gosh, I, I, I'm sorry. But, hey, you know what? I think... Oh, you know what? I think, did I mention this in my last podcast? I don't think I did. Did I? Because this is great. It said, I drew a picture using Microsoft Paint for the very first time. It's a picture of T-Rex and Dinosaur George and an Allosaurus wants to save him. Oh, this is so cool. Also, little Georgie pants. What did you just call me? What did you just say? Did you call me little Georgie pants? Oh, you stinking little kid kind of a kid first somebody accuses me of being uh, somebody accuses me of being el stinko and now i'm called little georgie pants what is with all of you kids why 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 are you doing this all right here's another birthday gift this is a birthday song from my friend roadie happy <laughs> Happy birthday to dinosaurs. Happy birthday to you. 
<laughs> that was sung with a dinosaur skull. I think that's an Allosaurus or maybe it's a Rex. That was great. Thank you, Rodia. That was funny. That was really funny. All right. What have we got here this time? This is from Aminosaurus who wanted to sing happy birthday from a, from a Demetrodon. Hit it. Hello, Dino. Hello, Dinosaur George. Hi, Aminosaurus. This is my Dimetrodon. It's going to sing you happy birthday. Oh, great. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to eat you what? for breakfast. What? And spit out your shoes. What kind of song is that? Why do you kids sing that song? Do I look like the kind of person that would ever sing those words to a child? Why would you kids invent a song where the animal is going to eat me for breakfast and spit out my shoes? Really? Really? <laughs> that, that was a great song. Thank you, Aminosaurus. And I like your Dimitrodon. I'm so sorry that it decided to eat me, by the way. But that was amazing. Here's a uh, here is a beautiful uh, picture of their Christmas tree from the Bickley family. It says "Happy Birthday, everyone from Australia." Our living Christmas tree has been overrun by herbivores. I saw this. This is great. Oh, I like that a lot. That was so cool. That was so cool. That's absolutely great. All right. Um, I'm trying to see if I'm trying to see. Oh, hold on. Uh, here's another one that I want to see. I'm just going through these. It's always hard for me to remember if I answered them all or not. Uh, here's one from a classroom. Are there any materials on dinosaurs that lived in cold climates? There is. Uh, this is from VA Wine. If you would like to message me, I will send you a link to a lesson I did on Alaskan dinosaurs. So if you want to write to me, I can send you that link. Okay, this is great. Oliver came up with a who would win picture, Allosaurus versus a Margosaurus, and a helicopter is rescuing Dinosaur George. Well, thank you for, for rescuing me, by the way. And I like your Allosaurus drawing. That's really cool. And I really like your Margosaurus with all those sharp spikes. It's a great picture, Oliver. Nicely done. That's very good. T-Rex Rest wants to know, did all dinosaurs have tails? They did, but some of their tails were really short. Some of them were really kind of short. Um, let me, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that has a short little tail. Oh, uh, my gosh. My mind just went blank. But they, I think all of them did. I think every dinosaur has a tail. I think every one. I can't think of one that doesn't have a tail. But I know some overraptorids had them. I had short, some had short ones. I wish I could remember all of that. Gee whiz. Okay. What is this? Oh, this is from uh, Brian, who's seven years old in California, who is wearing a T-Rex mask. What have we got here? Happy birthday to you. Cha-cha-cha. Now, wait one minute. Was that your dad that just added cha-cha-cha in the background? Is that what I heard, Byron? Oh my gosh. What kind of family is this? Let's keep going. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Cha, cha, cha. He did it again. I'm gonna eat you 
for dinner. What? And spit out your shoes. Happy birthday, Gigi. That that was so cool. First of all, you're the first kid to come in with background singers. But wait a minute. What do you mean you're going to eat me for dinner and spit on my shoes? Where do you kids come up with these lyrics? Where do you kids come up with this stuff? This is crazy, I tell you. Crazy. <laughs> oh, you guys are just absolutely amazing. Uh, hi, this is Anthony sends me a quick question. Who would win? Ankylosaurus or Euoplocephalus? Here is a dinosaur scene that I made. Hey, that's a great scene, Anthony. I like that a lot. That's very good, buddy. That's a good scene with a variety of different dinosaurs. And Ankylosaurus and Euoplocephalus pretty evenly match, but I would say Ankylosaurus probably outweighs it. And so I would think if they're going to fight, Ankylosaurus is probably going to win. All right. So what have we got here? Let me see. Uh, our Raptor, who's Rowan, would like to say thank you for the Raptor Claw after he joined the Raptor Club for his sixth birthday. Well, welcome to the club, my friend. Rowan and Heath also wanted to wish you a happy birthday. What have we got here? Hang on a second. Wait for it. They sent me a video. What is this? Let's go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy roaring dinosaurs boys that was great thank you both so very much you guys were just absolutely amazing amazing okay um oh and it's zur there you go hello my name is zur I'm from Israel. I made a dinosaur scene. Oh, I wanted to tell you, Zer, thank you for helping me pronounce your name. For everybody out there, that helps a bunch. Um, I, I I appreciate very much um, that you guys tell me how to pronounce your name because that makes it so much more important. But I appreciate that very, very much to all of you guys. All right. I've got to catch my breath here for a minute. And when I come back, I'm going to go ahead and answer a couple of Ask Dinosaur George questions, okay? Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, let's jump in and answer a couple of Ask Dinosaur George questions. We'll start with Arabella, who's a member of the Patreon Club. Arabella says, why do dinosaurs make different sounds? It's a very interesting question. Well, each dinosaur is going to make a different sound because it would be talking to members of its own species. And just like with humans, each animal may use a different language. So the sounds are different. Because they're, they're talking in a different language. Yes, animals have their own language. They're not words like yours and mine. But they are often sounds and movement is part of how animals communicate with each other. If all animals had the same sound, you would know who's talking. So I think they made different sounds because they were trying to communicate with members of their own species. What a good question. 
Okay, Acrocantha Desmond, who's a member also of my patron club. Hi, Dinosaur George. We hope you are well. Happy belated birthday. What a kind thing to say. Thank you guys so much. Desmond would like to ask a question. Can Compsonathus climb? Yes. And that's a great question. Yes, Compsonathus could climb. I believe it was capable of climbing probably pretty quickly. Probably to escape predators. You ever seen a squirrel go up a tree? Now it can't climb like that. But I'll bet you anything that Compies could climb. I think they could. They could either climb a tree to escape a predator or climb a tree to catch prey. But yes, I think they did. Very good. Okay, this is from Jack Raptor. Again, a member. Jack just finished the Nanotyrannus episode. I would like to know if Sorophaganax was bigger than Spinosaurus because I read a book and the size chart showed Sorophaganax was bigger than Spinosaurus. But Spinosaurus was standing on all fours. Love the podcast. Thank you, Aaron and Desmond. Well, thank you guys. Thank you very much for taking the time to write. That's a great question. One of the problems with Sorophaganax is they haven't found a lot of its bones. So they're having to estimate its size. And when you're guessing at the size of something, sometimes you're right. A lot of times you're wrong. And so Spinosaurus, we have a little more information about Spinosaurus. So when you're talking about who is the biggest, well, what does big mean? Does it mean long? Does it mean tall? Or does it mean weight? In my opinion, Spinosaurus right now would be considered the largest theropod, largest meat eater. But if they ever find more bones from Sorophaganax, I would not be surprised if it doesn't take over as being the biggest. Okay, let's see. This is, and I want to make sure I pronounce this correctly. I think it's Chosky. Is that correct? From Dubai? Chosky? I think that's what it is. Again, my friend, please don't be offended if I've mispronounced your name. Chosky writes and says, I have legitimate proof that you are El Stinko because you have stink bombs. El Stinko has stink bombs. Your secret identity is El Stinko. Okay, first of all, kid. That's totally wrong. It is just a coincidence that El Stinko has stink bombs and I do. That's called a coincidence. Stop spreading rumors. Stop spreading rumors that I am El Stinko. Don't you tell your friends in Dubai that you know the secret identity. No one knows who El Stinko is. He is the greatest superhero that ever lived. And I, I mean, he is amazing. Don't tell me I'm El Stinko. Because no one knows who El Stinko is. <laughs> also wanted to ask a question. Where did Truadon live? Well, Truadon, and then at the end he says, you are El Stinko. I'm not El Stinko. Stop saying that. Truadon probably lived from, from Alaska down to Canada, through Montana, and maybe all the way down to Texas. I think Truodon was a pretty successful dinosaur, a very successful dinosaur. Okay, Muad. I think that's how you pronounce your name, from Brampton, Canada. I think it's Muad. Uh, seven years old. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Muad. And my question is, did T-Rex ever eat Ankylosaurus? Thank you. Well, thank you for your polite manners. And I hope I pronounced your name correctly, Muad. I hope I did. I think I did. Um, did T-Rex ever eat Ankylosaurus? You know, that's a very good question. 
My personal opinion is I don't think T-Rexes messed with adult ankylosauruses. I, I don't, unless the ankylosaurus was sick or old or injured, I don't think T-Rex would mess around with them. There's, they, I don't know if even it had the power to bite through the armor and the chance of getting whacked with that tail is pretty crazy. So I don't, I, I personally don't think it did. Now, when they were young, absolutely they did. I think they absolutely went after young ones, but I don't think they would attack a healthy adult. What a great question. And then finally, Billy, who's 11 years old from South Carolina, says, is Spinosaurus bigger than Giganotosaurus? Again, another good question and another question about size. Spinosaurus is longer. If you count the sail, it might have been taller. But if you don't count the sail, Giganotosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex were probably taller. But that's the problem with talking about who is the biggest. So right now, I, th- I still think that, um, I think that uh, Spinosaurus is still listed as the largest known theropod. Most scientists would probably agree with that, but I believe that's the case. Okay, I've got something new, a new segment I'm going to give a try. Uh, It's called Noah's Dinosaur Discoveries. I asked my little friend Noah to, well, he's not little, he's taller than me. I asked my young friend Noah if he would do a short segment on a new discovery. And so he did, and so here it is. Hi, everyone. This is Noah, and I'm a 10-plus member of the Tyrannosaurus Club, and this is Noah's Dinosaur Discoveries. So the first one we'll do is Brixtonia simmons, an ornithischian, a plant eater like Triceratops and the duckbills. Its size was not known yet. It also lived 125 million years ago in the early Cretaceous. It was found in the Isle of Wight, England, which has been a hotbed for new dinosaurs discovered. Originally, it was thought to be an iguanodon until it was made distinct. It's considered a new dinosaur, even though it was discovered in the 90s. It's because it was differentiated recently in its scientific paper. Now, here are some of the features that were used to differentiate it from iguanodon. She had more teeth. See, that's how you do it, Dinosaur George. (laughs) It had a curved nose and other features. And here's a quote from Jeremy Lockwood, the discoverer. It's exciting. I think we've got a little gold mine here. That's in reference to the Iowa Wright and the dinosaurs they are churning out. Well, all right, my friends, that is today's podcast on Archaeopteryx. I wasn't able to get to any who would wins, but I have them in front of me. And so I'm going to record another podcast probably next week. uh, And I will add all those who would wins on top of any others. If you would like to submit a who would win, you have to be a T-Rex member of the Patreon club. And uh, I hope that you'll consider joining. If you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, or if you don't celebrate the holidays... I still want to wish all of you a great weekend, a great holiday season. Remember, it's not important what gifts you get. It's important that you thank the people that gave them to you and that you tell your family and friends you love them. 
that's the most important thing about this Christmas season. It's not about toys. Toys are great. And, and toys are very important. I loved Christmas. So be happy if you get something. But be thankful. No matter what you get, or even if you don't exchange gifts, still be thankful that you've got such good family and friends around you. Tell everybody you love them and be kind to everybody. For all of you, thank you so very much. Uh, I may not be, I may be able to record one more. No, I won't. I was going to say I might be able to record one before Christmas, but I can't because my schedule is too busy. But when we come back after the Christmas break, I will record a couple of more so that when it's time to start going back to school, for some of you, you have a bunch of new episodes to listen to. Thank you all so very much, you guys. Take care, everybody. I am not El Stinko. Stop spreading rumors. listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. I'm not El Stinko.